0: From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Max Verstappen secured a sprint poll, or he won the sprint shootout, is how I saw it described earlier, which is weird because you wouldn't say somebody won qualifying. You'd say they qualified first, but either way. I'm arguing with myself in the first 30 seconds of the podcast. Max Verstappen won the sprint shootout uh, this morning, uh, which meant he start he started from the front position, uh, and then ahead of Oscar Piastri, which is how it finished in the rain-shortened sprint race of the Belgian Grand Prix. Oscar Piastri did lead a lap of a Formula One Grand Prix. Not bad for a rookie season. For a rookie season in a McLaren. That's very good. Lewis Hamilton penalised for a collision with Sergio Perez after the race was delayed by about 50 minutes in the end, wasn't it? By the time we finally got going, uh, started behind the safety car, reduced to just 11 laps because of that. And many drivers peeled in after the first lap to change onto Inters. We'll get into that strategy and how the race was won today, or the sprint was won, I should say, uh, with our man, Autosport.com's Sam Hall, who's been keeping you filled in uh, with all the latest news on the website. And and actually, a lot going on, Sam, Formula Re, in London at the minute, so that's busy. We've had a, an F3 points fiasco. We'll get onto that at the end of the podcast, but we're keeping you busy.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's been a mad weekend so far, um, and nothing is running to plan by the sound of it. It's uh, <laughs> and We've had Formula E that you have mentioned, which has had world champion crown, but two red flags on the way, which bit annoying when you're trying to get everything in at a certain time Um, then Formula 1 at a delay twice in the day Um, and Formula 3 as you mentioned just bizarre that one, completely bizarre
0: We'll come on to that at the end. But uh, that was uh, today in the sprints. It was a delayed start because of the rain, one of those ones where they gave it a time. And then they went, actually, no, it's just delayed. We'll just work it out. Look, the rain was, it was properly heavy, 10 out of 10 rain. So I'm glad we delayed it because we did get some laps in. We got 11 laps in. It was an 11-lap race today. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about the, the point of even watching it for 11 laps. But there we go. That's what we're that's what we're ended up with with the sprint. The point being, you know, because of the need to go to inters, there were probably two real talking points, I guess, of the sprint, the 11 laps that we saw. The battle for the lead, which wasn't the battle, and the battle between Hamilton and Perez. Now, the first one, which was the battle for the lead, which saw Oscar Piastri in his rookie season lead a Formula 1 race, which is fantastic for him, was all because Verstappen, they've got the front pit box. They're their first in the queue, if you like, in the uh, in the pits. If they had peeled in at the end of lap one and then 19 cars had peeled behind, even they were double stacking Perez or something, you can't do an unsafe release. The pit lane isn't wide enough for two cars here, like it is in some places. Uh, and so they'd have just had to hold him and hold him and hold him and hold him. So they sent him round to carry on and do an extra lap before he could change to winters, whereas Piastri could change uh and actually got out just in time as well which gave him the lead briefly but talk us through uh how you read the beginning of uh of the race today
1: yeah um once we did actually get going um there was a bit of confusion initially about how many formation laps were going to count as laps of the race because we started you had the one formation lap as normal but then we we're suddenly told four and a reduced race distance of 12 laps where it should have been 15 so really, it was, okay, it's one formation lap and three safety car laps. I don't know why there was this change in terminology. And in, in the end, there was an extra one on top of that as well. Um, but when we did get going, it was a mix of people wanting to go for intermediate tyres because the track was dry enough for it, um, or not being able to pit because obviously you've got two cars in the team and you'll be double stacking. The pit lane cannot handle 20 cars all trying to get into their pit box at the same time. Um, Max Verstappen decided that he should just stay on track, go and do a lap. Um, I can make that time up later. And to be honest, it made sense because as the first car into his garage he was going to then have to wait for all the rest of the cars to file through the pit lane. That would have cost him time. And he only lost one position by doing this. He dropped behind Oscar, um, who had a blinding race Um, as a rookie. He is incredible. I'll go on to him in a minute, but yeah, Verstappen did what he had to do. And um, to be honest, pitting on that first lap was the best option. So, I don't know what more you say about Max, really. Wins by six and a half seconds after being put onto the suboptimal strategy. Um, whereas Sergio Perez, more on him again later, I'll say that a bit, but it doesn't finish the race for one reason or another. Definitely not his fault on this occasion, though. Um, but yeah, the the reason for all these safety car laps, and even though people thought it was ready for Inters, was the visibility um, after what happened with Delano van Toff and what happened with Antoine Hubert before, Spa is really under the spotlight for safety and in the wet visibility. The F one t- F one cars they throw up so much water into the air, whether it's from the under trays or the where you've got the um, underfloor aerodynamics. I am forgetting my words here. Um, but And then the tyres themselves throw up masses of water into the air. Um, so you can't see a thing if you're driving them in full wet conditions. Um, so, again, we get the debate of what is the point of the full wet tyre if it's just for following a safety car around. Um, but, yeah, um, one or two, <laughs> one-stop strategy, just one lap difference. It made a lot of difference to people.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And Max was never at risk of not winning this one. Just 11 laps, and as you say, finished 6.67 seconds ahead of, of Oscar Piastri. Max, so cool on the radio when he was second. Just like, how many laps left have I got to win this? Okay, I'll overtake him here. Before the safety car came out, which bunched the field up because Alonso... Uh, slid off in a, in very much a, an accident of his own making. All very low drama as well. Didn't bend too much of the car, if any. Um, one of those one of the sort, of, sort of pathetic exits of a race, really. Just stuck in the gravel trap, uh, which brought out the safety car because Oscar Piastri was leading at that stage after a couple of laps and was one point six seconds ahead of Max Verstappen. Uh, after the stops. Then the next lap was 0.7 seconds. So it's clearly that on the next straight, Max, with so much less downforce, so much so quicker in a straight line, would have overtaken Oscar Piastri. But he had it under control. So Oscar's leading the race. Then he had to do a, a safety car restart as well, which is lots more pressure in his rookie season. And uh, yeah, I, some people said he went too early and, and allowed Max to have a run at him. But it would have been that lap or the next lap or in a, 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 whatever. So the point being that Oscar was under a lot of pressure today. He was the lead McLaren. Lando Norris finished sixth in the end with Lewis Hamilton's penalty, which dropped him behind Lando, 16 seconds behind, in an 11-lap race. And so just outstanding. Once again, third time in a row, third time we've gone racing, even though there was no podium today, that we've seen a McLaren up there in the top three. This time it's Oscar Piastri. And when he... Uh, was also not only in the lead of the race, but afterwards as well. Someone else who is cool as a cucumber. Just thought, this is brilliant. He's like, yeah, P2, I'll take that. Here we go, boys. Just so, so cool. I like him. I think he's refreshing, by the way. Uh, like when they uh, they pitted Lando first last time out, and that allowed him to, to jump Oscar uh, with the undercut. On the radio, Oscar was like, okay, what do you want me to do? there was no drama there was like i can't believe this he's like okay what should we do so cool um what did you make of oscar's oscar piastri's race today sprint today i am
1: mega impressed at oscar just not just today but like you say across the last few races because you could argue that he should have had podiums or deserved podiums in the last two races where lando norris got them um but today just it almost he would never say that he let max past but he knew that was not his fight he was he wasn't going to keep max behind and as you say if he didn't go when he did for the restart it, max was going to get him the lap after they've got such a big rear wing on that mclaren this weekend um and the point of that is even though you want straight line speed at spa it helps you in the wet conditions and what have we had most of the weekend we've had rain or drying conditions so that's the the wing has helped them um and unfortunately it's not gonna help them tomorrow too much tomorrow. Um if the forecast is right and we've only got I think thirty to forty percent chance of rain. Um so there might be some pain to come McLaren's way tomorrow. But yeah, Oscar, it's it's tough to remember he's a rookie really. Um the way he's driving, he's he is mature beyond his years, at least in, in the sport and It's impressive. Um, Alpine must be kicking themselves more and more each race weekend that they didn't get him tied down, Um, although saying that Pierre Gasly P3. So they had a man right behind him.
0: Yes, absolutely. So with the sprint shootout this morning, Pierre Gasly put his Alpine on sixth, and that's a team that have lost not only uh, there, Otmar Safnauer, because of a disagreement with the Renault board over time scales of when that team could win, he felt it wasn't realistic, and so they parted ways. But Alan Permain as well, been with Enston 34 years. We've seen senior management change with with Lauren Rossi going. And, and then just so much drama surrounding that team. Alain Prost, very closely connected with uh, the French team. Talking some really, you know, pretty hardcore criticism to the French to L'Equipe yesterday I think it was and so under so much pressure morale's really low people are you, know, you don't know who could be next who's coming in the, the person that hired you's been fired so are you going to be next in the firing line as it was for Ottmar and so to have third place today is fantastic for that team a real uh, you know bonus that they just needed today and yeah so that's a, a great top three and Pierre Gasly finishing in third uh, dedicated that position to uh, Antoine Hubert who you mentioned a moment ago so let me finish off talking about the sprints Carlos Sainz led home teammate Charles Leclerc in fourth and fifth in the end on the road they were fifth and sixth but promoted because Lewis Hamilton ahead of them got that five second penalty which put them up at the final result. You could make an argument, you could that Ferrari had the pace at times today to finish second and third if all things had gone their way but Ferrari did what Ferrari do and it wasn't peak Ferrari by any means but uh, Carlos Sainz got the priority for the first set of pit stops uh, as everyone dived in after the first lap and had a 10 second stop and then so Charles Leclerc was left out on the wet's an extra lap but then when he came in was it five or six seconds he was in I'm trying to remember and that just absolutely killed them with decent pit stops with a you know two and a half second it's, it's, it's you know they're wet tires so give them another half a second maybe three second pit stops they could have come out you know certainly science ahead of Gasly and challenged Piastri ahead of him Charles Leclerc could have done the same now, Ferrari fans could also argue, yeah, but we didn't do any unsafe releases and the other teams did. And I would agree with that because despite what we'll get on to, the incident in a bit, which really I don't think deserved uh, any kind of penalty, racing incident in the wet, both sets of hardcore Mercedes Red Bull fans will have their own opinion, but I don't think that was a penalty any day of the week. And the, the pit stops, what the stewards, I think, were incompetent at doing today was not even mentioning that I saw a ton of unsafe releases, and it's a narrow pit lane. Cars being released into each other's way. Everyone got away with it once again. Formula One got away with it today. There was really near misses with mechanics in that pit lane. It was a scrum, but we knew it was going to be a scrum. Ferrari didn't get involved in that. Yeah, they did hold their drivers, I think, from memory a little bit longer, and maybe you could even say, do the right thing, but... Didn't work out for them today. Got the pace, hopefully, on Sunday afternoon to have a better Grand Prix. Lando Norris promoted to sixth because of Hamilton's penalty. Lewis Hamilton got seventh ahead of his teammate, George Russell. And that's the points because it's 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Max, Oscar, Pierre, Carlos, Charles, Lando, Lewis, George. That's the point scorers today. Esteban Ocon's Renault just outside. Uh, the points of the 11 laps that we did. The other big talking point was... The clash between those two drivers that we mentioned, and and this is this is where it's perhaps a little more contentious because we were given the sprint. Like I'm not a fan of the sprint format anyway. I think it puts a huge amount of pressure on people's time uh, to invest in Formula One when people have other stuff to do in their life. It's already you know it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday already, and now we're saying right, you got to watch all of Saturday, which it's fine. But we were given the sprint because it was going to be you know short, sharp bursts of action. The only real bit of action we got today was Sergio Perez had lit up his rear tyres, chewed through them, and was going backwards. He knew that Hamilton was going to overtake him at some point. Gap opened up, Hamilton went for it on the inside, hit a kerb, got a bit slippery slidey in wet conditions, and understeered into Perez, who had a bunch of room on the outside, but I, I read it as 50-50. Like Perez was already going backwards at a rate of knots. And and did not finish the race. Hamilton went for the gap. And but then Hamilton got a five second penalty and penalty points afterwards on his on his license. They really stuck the boot in on that one. So the only bit of action we saw, what which was the point of the sprint race, that you go for the gap. It's not a Grand Prix, it's not a strategy, you know, it's this isn't endurance racing. And then they penalised. The only bit of action we saw. So thanks a lot, Formula One. Thanks a lot. Uh, how did you read the incident and have you seen any of the reaction from any of the various parties afterwards as well
1: i read this as the very definition of a racing incident um i mean it was hamilton was right alongside him going into the corner and his car just understeered. why it wasn't anything that he had done it wasn't like he opened the steering you watch his steering angle or steering input and it doesn't change he's still going uh, the corner's going that way. It's like if you're driving in the snow and everyone's done it, you turn your steering wheel and you go, well, I'm going that way then, aren't I? I'm not going where I want to. And that's exactly what it was like for Lewis. He he did nothing wrong. It's the whole thing. Do you punish the consequence, which was Checo Perez out of the race, damage to his side pod and damage to presumably some of in the inner workings of his car, Or do you punish the actual incident, which was innocuous and Lewis did nothing wrong? If anything, my reading of it is he had the corner. He was alongside, he had the inside line. It was his corner and Perez could have backed out. So if you can argue either way, as the FIA clearly can argue that Lewis was at fault, then it's a racing incident. But there seems to be this angst against allowing anything to be a racing incident. Um, Lewis has um, come out in his defence and he has um, referred to a rather famous quote from Ayrton Senna um, that he was going for a gap. Um, he said it wasn't intentional, as I've just said, and it's again, he, he says it was a racing incident. Um, I just don't know. if If that isn't a racing incident, then what is? And I'd love an answer from the FIA on that one. I don't think we'll get one, but (laughs) I I think everything just has to be someone's fault. And you've got me off on a tangent here because this for me is 2021, brilliant season, lots and lots of action, but almost every race was spectacular and drive to survive. Everything is spectacular and sort of amped up. We can't just have... What we used to have, which was sometimes you just have a quiet motor race. That's, that's what you get. So not everything is spectacular and wheel banging. It's just sometimes things are average.
0: And it's okay, but if they're going to give us sprints and make us do the sprint on a Saturday and give up hours and hours of our Saturday to watch the shootout, to to sit around for an hour while it was raining, which is fine. We don't want to go racing when it's dangerous. And then just give 11 laps of action. in In that 11 laps, there was one thing happened, and that one thing was penalized. It just seems a really strange message to send out to the drivers, which is if there's a gap and you know, you're on the inside and you slide out and it's a racing incident, we're gonna we're gonna penalize you. I don't think it was the finest moment today of Derek Warwick and the Stewards. I don't think that it helps that it's between two teams with a history. So when you try and read the room in terms of what's the reaction been like on you know, social media and, you know, and Sky put all their coverage up afterwards, sort of the little video clips they do that are two minutes long on Twitter and stuff with Martin Brundle talking about it and analysing it. And you look at all the comments, so much of it is tribal that you try and filter out that because you've got to ignore that. It's like if you're at the you know, England-Germany World Cup final football game and you know, you're wearing a shirt of either colour, you're probably not impartial. So try and filter all that out. Try and filter out all the nonsense on social media. And it's really hard to find just a sensible discussion of the incident, which is there was loads of room on the inside. Like Lewis wasn't intentionally squeezing the other car. And there was also loads of room on the outside. And, you know, Perez could have given him a bit more room. As I said in my very intro to this, Perez was already going backwards. He had a shocker today for someone that is supposed to be the tyre whisperer he absolutely rinsed those inters and he was going backwards at a rate of knots if it had been a grand prix i suspect would he bided his time one or two more corners done it's somewhere a bit more conventional i don't know and then the other thing i guess to introduce which i haven't really seen discussed today is whether the punishment fits the crime in an 11 lap race how is a five second penalty applied when on a grand prix a five second penalty is applied but at the 24 hour of Le Mans it's why they don't give stop go penalties you know or five second penalties because it's a 24 hour race and so there's no set of rules for the sprints compared to grand Prix. so he had no time to make that up and you know had, had Lewis pulled across and let Sergio go through and then got him at the next corner that probably still would have made no difference they just seemed intent on penalising that car today. So, yeah, I found it I found it Sam really hard to find some sensible discussion on this incident because it is so heated at times.
1: Again, that that's exactly what I was referring to with the whole Drive to Survive in 2021 throwback because it's that is the point where I I go that's where it become became very very tribal with the whole Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton crashing into each other at almost every opportunity that they had. We like that there's interest and there's discussion around it, but there needs to be sensible discussion rather than... It is very, very tribal, and it's almost like you want to get a pencil and jab it through the middle of all of the comments, go, right, there's the sensible line. That's yes. the. That's what is actually the truth here, isn't it?
0: Uh, it's fun, I suppose, but uh, again, it, it seemed the whole thing disproportionate to, to, to what we had to go through to, to invest in Formula One today, which was eventually be delivered 11 laps of predictability, Max Verstappen won and and disappointment that uh that it was you know that's all we that's all we got to see today so we look forward we look forward to tomorrow and the grand prix and uh which is I must admit as I said before I don't like the sprints I like grand prix racing because it's grand prix racing I like watching you know F2 or F3 sprint races because they're sprints I like watching you know World Rallycross I like watching races that are 3 or 4 minutes long but I like grand prix racing because it's a grand prix I don't I I got no time for the sprints but Uh, They're very popular, and I get why they're there. So it is what it is. Hey, I mean, I don't know if you've been on top of this, but the FIA reversed its decision to initially not award points for the Formula 3 race at Spa. Marred by incidents, the safety car ran for most of the 12 laps. It ended under caution. The FIA said that no points would be awarded. There seemed to be a period of time, and then I I had a look around, and I, I could sort of almost find no official... Like FIA line, like a a, a a subsequent publication of anything, it just seemed to sort of creep out there. That oh no, oh we will, we think we'll award points. It'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? Um, Zach O'Sullivan finished fourth, was penalised for a post-race penalty, and so. Um drops him down to the championship standards, which does open up somewhat the championship race, which is all very interesting. But uh, have you seen this story today? What Can you make any sense of this?
1: Yeah, um, Megan White has been our person on the ground for F2 and F3 this weekend in Belgium, and she deserves a shout-out for this one because it's it's been running her ragged, to be honest. At the end of the race, they declared that because there had not been two complete consecutive laps completed behind the safety car or completed at race pace in green flag conditions, that they couldn't award points for it. You need to have those two laps in green flag conditions. So they announced no points being awarded. Megan checked the FAA, checked the F3, and, yep, no points awarded. However, only a couple of hours ago now, actually, Um, It was noted in the regulations that because the race hadn't been shortened, it had still run to its full length. That regulation did not apply, so they could still award full points. Um, The confusion seems to have arisen because the race was originally supposed to be 15 laps um, prior to the weekend, but as was the case in Hungary... Because of concerns over tyre safety, it was reduced to 12 laps. So, where you apply that reduction greatly affects whether the regulations apply to it or not. But they've said the full race was 12 laps, it was supposed to be 12 laps, so the regulation doesn't apply. And still, they haven't, there isn't an official comment from the FIA on this. I have actually seen that they have now published. The F3 sprint race final result, which I guess is their statement because you look through the document and it's got the points awarded on there. Whereas if you go to the, and I'm just trying to find it now, if you go to the provisional re- results, it probably won't have points on there because they had said that there won't go be points awarded. And no, it has no points. So That is the FIA's statement on it, basically. We'll just slide out the official results and uh, rectify that
0: without making any comment. Easy to be an armchair critic, isn't it? But come on. Oh, my goodness. How hard is is it? It it's not that hard. You wrote the rules; just implement the ones that you'd written. You've been in my WhatsApps. Oh, You've been in my WhatsApp today. That's what I've been saying all day. <laughs> there we go. So I, I'm glad if the right thing happened in the end, and then I'm I'm, I'm pleased it did. But and good old, uh, Megan White as well. She is there on the ground with the likes of Alex Kalenokus, Ikeron editor, Matt Q is there too, and uh, yeah, Megan is in in Belgium to to cover the those two feeder series and doing a fantastic job as always. I hope that if you read the coverage on online at autosport.com you enjoy it and uh and we thank her for her, her work we look forward to the grand prix tomorrow which saw max verstappen eight tenths of a second head ahead uh, and uh, but not securing pole because of a gearbox penalty uh, which elevated Charles Leclerc to start from pole position which does almost is almost perfect for Charles Leclerc this season <laughs> like he was so far behind the quickest guy and the only way you can get a pole is to get a penalty for the other person. Uh, poor old Charles. Let's hope Ferrari string together some decent strategy tomorrow. Carlos Science teammate down in fourth. It'll be Leclerc, Perez, Hamilton, top three starting on Sunday afternoon. It's not a long shot to guess that Max Verstappen is going to make short work. Of the six drivers. Five drivers ahead of him, is it? Uh, Want to take a guess on what lap he'll lead by? I was going to ask you the same question. <laughs> you're beating me to it. Four, well done. Lap four. Lap, lap four, four you're I'm going. saying. The beginning of... When when he crosses the line, beginning of lap four, DRS will just have been activated, and he will be the leader for the next however many you See,
1: I was going to suggest he's right in the middle of the pack at a track where La Source turn one is notorious
0: it but, does concertina yeah. it is a, it is a it is it that is an a concertina effect at that corner so, so he needs to stay out of trouble so i'll i'll go lap 5
1: but with the caveat that that's only if he makes it round turn 1 um because sir uh, so he's got a target on his back lando norris george russell fernando alonso they are the three drivers directly behind him and they are the most um
0: calm and consider. no they're not are they um no, they- <laughs> <laughs> love it it's going to be great tomorrow and you know what's what, what's interesting is we saw on friday with the qualifying for sunday's grand prix he scraped through to q3 and and him and and gp on the radio were having a right old ding dong what's great about max verstappen that is one of the, the qualities that i absolutely love is even though he could just take A double summer break if he wants to. Maybe come back in October sometime. He'll still win the championship. Uh, And he knows that. But his hunger to win is insanely high. I don't think he'll give any quarter.
1: He's two race wins away from uh, equaling Sebastian Vettel's record of nine consecutive race wins for a driver. So uh, that's
0: going to be tempting him, isn't it? He's not going easy. If you are Red Bull, if you're Christian Horner and and Max, then... You know you've won, but what you but you want to win in in real style. You want to win every race. You want to break every record because you don't know when the next time you'll be able to do it. Which I mean, I do. It'll be called twenty twenty four. But you don't know when the next time you'll do it. So you want to do those records when you can, and uh, uh, and that's why they want to win. It's great. Uh, Thank you very much for listening to the podcast today. We'll be back with Sunday's podcast to review the Grand Prix. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network.